Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week we went 4 0. Hey. No yeah. playoff games were played. Yeah. NFL, NFL did not happen. Did, yeah, the NFL postponed to next weekend, right? We're all we're all good Amazing. and safe here in this spot. Patrick Mahomes did not get hurt. Yeah. My my offer in a house did not get rejected, you know? Uh, all good uh, news. Getting, all good news. Four and oh. Four and oh, Won every game. Oh, but man. not the game of life. <laughs> not, yeah. Uh before we talk Should about practice more basketball <laughs> let's uh let's let's talk about football for a second not nfl football but tech football do we have any news on that front nathan yeah i think the last time we talked even tech football wasn't the most optimistic of things to talk about but yeah we had some new transfers or at least transfer news about the program it came out i think today or the day before the day that we're recording this uh, cody russi the offensive lineman for tech a fifth year senior going into next year or probably no yeah. he was a fifth year uh, senior this year yeah yes uh, he's transferring out. He's transferring out for his extra year of eligibility because of the whole COVID thing. So he's going to go look to get another job somewhere else where he won't be the only offensive lineman on the team. So can't really blame him for that. You know, he has his degree and he's forever a bulldog. So, you know, good luck to him wherever he ends up going. Yeah. And while the transfer portal takes away, it also giveth sometimes too, because we have four incoming transfers that we're going to talk about at least mention because I'm pretty hyped for these guys. Uh, especially starting off with Marcus Williams, the senior running back from Appalachian State, after they gave us shit about talking down about Sunbelt, apparently. But he ran for 2,000 yards for App State and 14 touchdowns. And the notes it says in 14 seasons with the Mountaineers, which that go. doesn't Four sound seasons. right. Backspace real quick. But yeah, I guess he saw Tommy McClellan's video and said, man, I really need to get a piece of that action. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about this guy because obviously we lost Tucker and Henderson. So, I mean, it's a bunch of young guys in the running back room right now. And um, there's some there's some exciting prospects there. You know, uh, Greg Garner should be pretty good moving forward. And we're all obviously excited about Harlan Dixon. But, like, it's great to have a – I guess this guy's going to be a fifth or sixth-year senior coming in. He's, he like you said, rushed for 2,000 yards and – seasons uh with the mountaineers so he was never really the guy but he was always kind of a a 1b option it sounds like um from what i've seen from him so that's exciting and then also we pretty much have a totally new secondary don't we yeah we have a junior safety from arkansas coming into the program named miles mason and then we have two i guess founding fathers and what? Balin Buchanan and Elijah Hamilton. Their last names sound like they're founding right. fathers of the well, country. Is the Buchanan's yeah, not a founding father, but I mean, fifteenth okay. president. That's that's, <laughs> that's that's he was also arguably past the- <laughs> ar- arguably the worst president of all time. Anyway, Balin Buchanan, a cornerback from Tennessee, and Elijah Hamilton, as a uh, defensive back from Vanderbilt. Both of those guys have experience. They were kind of rotational guys, I think. Um, also, we should say shout out to Bleed Tech Blue, of course, for breaking this stuff first. And, you know, we only are talking about it because these guys publicly tweeted that they were coming to Tech. So, you know, if you want the most up-to-date crap, you should probably uh, probably head over to Bleed Tech Blue. And now I'm done being a shill before Matt can accuse me of being a shill. So He's good. <laughs> I was going to pause and let you call him a shill anyway. Man, you, guys are, you guys are such good friends. You know me so well. Yeah. Yeah, fucking shill. 
It's gotten to the point to where when you're not here, we just say your lines for you <laughs> as if you are. <laughs> kind of embarrassing how predictable I've become. I talked about uh, Sneed picking off Breeze in the Super Bowl last week, and now I'm sad again. Anyway, one more tech news thing to talk about is that Tyler Grubbs was named to the true freshman ESPN All-America team. Pretty so, damn cool. Yeah. And well, what we all know is true about him is also recognized by ESPN. Yeah, good shit. Can't wait to see what he does in the next few years for sure. Yeah, awesome player. Yeah, let's take a look at some former players and see how they did this week in the NFL to kind of go through this very quickly before I get way too sad again. Uh, no stats recorded this week by Jalen Ferguson or Justin Ellis. I think I saw somewhere that Ferg was hurt or kind of nursing an injury of some kind. So that may be why we haven't seen much from him in the past couple of weeks. But we did have three guys that did make an impact. We'll, we'll save the last for for Matt. But Evan, what did the last two do? Yeah, we got the uh, first big, big Vern. Vernon Butler had one tackle um, again in uh, Buffalo's game against the Ravens. And then Tremont Williams had three tackles, including two solo tackles in his uh, rotational role there as a as a cornerback for Baltimore. And then, yeah, saving the the youngest and I guess best for last, Matt. Perhaps. How did uh, how did Steed do in that in that game against Cleveland? Uh, well, I mean, he didn't have. We've talked about this before, where defensive backs sometimes the best stats are having no stats whatsoever because it means the ball's not being thrown your way. Uh, Sneed, I'm not sure of his exact stats. I watched the whole game, but I do know that he had a sack or at least a half sack, which again, it was a a whole ass sack. Yeah. I couldn't tell. It kind of was one of those plays where the giant linemen were blocking who came in there and got the sack, but Tony Romo said Sneed and I love Tony Romo as an announcer. So I'm inclined to believe him. And, uh, so once again, Sneed provided buy one, get one free big Macs for the city of Kansas city. And yes, my boy, Dirty Dan, the delivery man, uh, is once again treating his wife to buy one, get one free Big Macs tonight. <laughs> this guy and, is Sneed's biggest fan. <laughs> he lo- No, I'm serious. Everybody, I have a uh, Louisiana Tech GTPDD bumper sticker that I created when I first got the job uh, stuck to my desk cubicle. And my and the delivery driver's like, hey, your guy came through again for us. I'm really, I love that kid. I was like, man, this feels so good. And it was really cool to hear Jim Nance just have such plaudits for Sneed in the game. He was like, wow, the Chiefs really got a steal with this kid out of Louisiana Tech. And I was like, hell yeah, because Sneed has been a great player all season. And so I'm not sure of any more advanced sacks. I don't know if he had any. I don't recall seeing him get any uh, passes defensed or, or batted down because I don't really think the ball went his way too much. Uh, but I know he got a couple of uh, tackles I saw him in on. Uh, including getting a, a pretty good one on Chubb or Kareem Hunt, ever they were driving. Yeah, he he had he had that one sack you mentioned, another tackle for a loss, and then four more tackles. So they probably did throw his way a little bit, but but not but nothing, nothing of consequence. Yeah, nothing like egregious, right? And and you did say sounds like he may be uh, forced yes. into a, into a bigger role this upcoming yeah. week in the championship week, right? If Breland is out, and I don't really understand how cb1 cb2 works i mean i don't know if that because sometimes a number one wide receiver will line up on the left or the right uh you know it just depends what kind of offensive set they're running out of so in this case if breland is out sneed will be thrust into that second cornerback spot and he will at some point have to cover buffalo's primary receiver which we all know that that's stefan diggs and that's going to be a hell of a challenge i'm sad again for a well <laughs> It's going to be a hell of a challenge for Snead, a rookie, 
a matchup against someone like Stephon Diggs, who in my opinion is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we're, we're all excited. I guess, is he the, no, he's not the last player left. We got Vernon Butler going up against Snead. So again, we're guaranteed to oh, yeah. a, a oh, yeah. player in the Super Bowl, which is cool and gives us uh saints fans, something to cheer for, I guess. Uh, Cause uh, now we're, <laughs> We're all sad, but uh, except Matt because he's not a Saints fan. But whatever. No, my team got knocked out much sooner. Well, one yeah. week sooner, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. And Matt also wanted the Saints to win yesterday, so don't badly, badly. Understand. And that heartbreak is something I just cannot believe you guys have put yourselves through your entire lives. Anyway, four and zero this week. <laughs> I was about to say we we learned how to deal with that heartbreak long ago. We've been tech fans for a while. Yeah, oh, boy. Week, the Bulldogs fans for even longer. <laughs> yeah. But so, the Bulldogs yeah. and Texters did not disappoint this week. Again, saying that we went 4-0. and Let's talk about the men's games first. Uh, I know that both of y'all said you weren't able to watch uh, that much of either of these games. But to yeah. kind of quickly go through it or kind of describe this one in a sentence, it was a back-and-forth game that Tech wins, mostly thanks to a 16-2 run to end the game. They didn't really wow. need that run, but it was nice to have it and kind of solidify things going down the stretch. Especially because going into the game, we learned some tough news, and that would be that Ledoux and Jace Bass would both be out due to injury for this game, and it turns out for the next one as well. I felt kind of floored by that immediately. It was like, yeah. wait, what? Our leading shot taker, our leading scorer is not going to play? And we yeah. find this out minutes before tip. One of our better, like, man-up defensive players in Ledoux, who was probably supposed to be covering, what's his name, Jackson? Javon, yeah, Javon Jackson. Jackson the whole night and and all of a sudden he's out right before the game and this is the this is the guy who scored 37 points against us last week's or last year i mean so like i wasn't feeling very good hearing that news that uh that caleb ledoux was gonna have to sit out but sounds like it still went okay right yeah i kind of spoiled it by saying that we won the game but yeah (laughs) Still, okay. even I, mean, on, I also have the score in the box score pulled up here, so you weren't actually spoiling it for me, but maybe for listeners. I don't know. Or maybe for Matt. I don't know. No, I... Spoiler I alert. Can, Sorry, I, Matt. We also can, said 4-0 and like 50 times to start yes. the show. So. <laughs> I, I, it was pretty obvious, by the yeah, way. Yeah, was gone, I guess. But anyway. But some, particular, some particularly good performances in these games from a certain somebody. Yeah, we'll get to that. Nathan, how'd this game start out? Yeah, because... What I was really worried about, especially losing a main guy like that, is it may take time for the team to adapt to not having a starter in the lineup. But Tech started off really early regardless of that. They went up 25-12 to 12 after the first 10 minutes, and everything seemed to be clicking for the Bulldogs. But then UTSA answered, going on a 20-2 to two run. Oh my gosh. Yeah, That's, that, uh, that'll yeah. wipe out your 13-point lead pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Roadrunners went up by four before Tech tied it up going into the half, and all things were tied going into intermission at 32. Yeah, and I mean, it looks like it looks like here that Javon Jackson was pretty much held in check in that first half. He, he went three for seven from the field uh, for six points. He also picked up some fouls, so maybe he didn't play as much as they wanted him to. He had two fouls in the first half, but Keaton Wallace, the other guy that Taco Joe told us to watch out for, had 12 points in that first half, so... You know, what he what he told us was if Wallace is hot, then that means the team's probably not going to do too well. But if Jackson is hot, then the team is doing pretty well as well. So I'm interested to hear how that how that shaped up in the second half. Yeah, because things looked a bit different coming out of intermission, but not quite at first. though. Tech goes up by four 
in the first five minutes of the second half, and then they go down by six by the 10-minute mark. So it was a UTA stretch and then a tech stretch through that first half of the second half, or I guess the third quarter, if we had quarters. Uh, When Tech had that four-point lead, the win percentage by Ken Palm, they had it listed at 89%. Oh, wow. But after UTSA's run to retake their own lead, uh, where the Redrunners were up by six, that win percentage for the Bulldogs fell to 40%. And a lot of that was due to the guy you named earlier, Javon Jackson. Yeah. I mean, you have his stat line pulled up for that? Yeah, looking at his second half on the box score here. Yeah, he, he played all 20 minutes of the second half um, and only picked up one more foul. So whatever he did in the first half, he, he corrected that here. But he shot nine for 16. The whole rest of the team <laughs> took 15 shots from the field. He took 16. So nine for 16 for 19 points. He did shoot 0 for 4 from three-point, though, thankfully. Um, But yeah, he went off in that second half, and he really showed that he can take over their team, at least, if not the entire game. It's almost hard to describe the way he was playing in the second half to someone who didn't watch it. By the end of the game, we were triple-teaming him. By the time he got the ball, we had everyone trying to make sure he wasn't able to put up any kind of shot. He would take a step back, just toss it up in the air effortlessly, and it would always find the hoop, except, I guess, when he was behind the three-point line. Uh, I just immediately remembered what Taco Joe was saying last week, and the whole, if he gets hot, watch out, because he can be very good, and he was in this game. They left him in the game the entire half because of how hot he was. He played all 20 minutes. Uh, which was a thing that I had to create a whole new system for for my lineup <laughs> charts uh, because I'm used to looking at the sub in, sub out things, and he never got subbed out in the second half. But it just it seemed like all of a sudden we may lose this game because of this one player again because that's what happened last year and yeah. our horrible loss on the road, I believe, in San Antonio. Uh, but either way, with five minutes left in the game, Tech is able to cut down that roadrunner lead down to one. Uh, before Andrew Gordon, you know, the center the tallest guy on the team, I believe, gets a steal and then a dunk on the other end of the court to give Tech the lead. Have y'all seen this replay? I have not. I did see that, yeah. I had the game pulled up on my phone while we were watching something else. Um, So I I glanced down and saw that replay after it happened, and I was like, oh my gosh. I wanted to play the audio in the podcast because I thought that would be fun, and then I listened to it, and they're not even talking about what's happening until it's over. So, yeah, but still, it's... It's not very often you see a uh, a center get a steal in a transition bucket, let alone a slam dunk on the other side of the court. Andrew Gordon's popping off lately, and it makes me happy because I saw evidence that that could happen last year. It just never really came to reality. Yeah, I mean, he had a great weekend last week too against who's that Western? Yeah, he he's been he's been playing really well through conference through the conference slate so far and that's really encouraging to see and yeah i mean it sounds like after that dunk things kind of went pretty well for tech for the rest of the way right yeah because after some pepperton free throws gordon also scores on the next two possessions i believe one's a layup one's another dunk so yeah love seeing the Dunkin' dogs come out yeah because we call ourselves the Dunkin' dogs for a while we haven't really been dunking lately in the past few years we've become a not so dunk centric kind of team so it's nice to see a dunk every now and then and make sure our trademark's still active on the term Dunkin' Dogs. But either way, Tech is up 71 to 66 with three minutes and 33 seconds left. And again, there's three minutes, 33 seconds left. UTSA doesn't hit another shot for the rest of the night. Ooh. <laughs> wow. That's such a, such a sobering statistic for a basketball team. Uh, part of that may be because Tech was, again, triple teaming at times. 
I'm not really sure if that's the right word, but as soon as he got the ball, people left their man to go cover Javon Jackson <laughs> to make sure he couldn't get anything up in the air. Uh, he doesn't take a shot inside three minutes. So wow. either Tech was able to do well against that or UTSA was just looking for an open shot. Another kind of interesting thing that I noticed late in this game was that that game was still pretty close throughout most of it. It was less than a 10-point lead, two minutes, one minute left, that kind of thing. The Roadrunners never fouled or intentionally fouled the Bulldogs, at least not until it was way too late, which when Tech is a not great free throw scoring team, that's usually a pretty good strategy to just kind of make us and put us at the line. Hey, but, hey Matt, before before Nathan says this, guess what Tech guess what percentage Tech shot from free throws in the second half of this game? Just knowing what you know about Tech, well, what guess. I'll just tell you, Tech shot 18 free throws. How many of those free throws do you think they made? We shot 18 total free throws in the first game? Yeah, in the, in the second, second half. half. Oh, in the second the first half. half. I don't know. Uh, 10? 17 of 18 free throws we made. Wow. 94.4%. Was Steph, was Steph Curry out there? <laughs> I, I guess apparently is what I can guess yeah. from that. But, I mean... Of course, we have the Amore Archibald going six for six in that time period. Jacoby Pemberton, seven for eight. Kobe Williams, two for two. But even Andrew Gordon, the one time he went up to the line, he made both his shots as well. And Gordon's not the, the best free throw shooter, but usually don't expect that out of the big guys. Yeah. But this is a team that struggled to shoot free throws, and down the stretch they did. UTSA couldn't buy a bucket in that last <laughs> stretch. But Tech has blown leads and blown late fourth quarter, they're not fourth quarter because this is college basketball, but late second half leads because of their inability to to shoot free throws. And they weren't really tested because, again, UTSA never forced them to go to the line very often. But even when they did, they hit those shots. So, I mean, credit where credit's due. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, just a great second half from Tech's key players here. I mean, if you look at the stats, Archibald had – you know, he shot three for four from the field, but then six for six from free throw, like you said, Nathan. So 13 points for him. Yeah, and you love to see it in a Tech team that's blown two huge leads in this season so far. And they were up by 13, and that fell apart pretty quickly. But that was also pretty early where a stretch like that happens. Uh, but yeah, Andrew Gordon ends the night on a double-double. You just kind of mentioned his stat line, but I think that's worth saying. I was about to say two words, but it's one word said twice in the double-double. But also with Ledoux out, we had uh, Xavier Armstead and Stacey Thomas get some minutes playing the game. I guess it's minute in the case of... <laughs> no, Stacey Thomas got three minutes. Never mind. I thought it was one. Okay. Uh, but he got some playing time, and Armstead only played six minutes, but he got four rebounds. That's, yeah, he was in the right place. I would say it's looking good towards the future, but he's a senior, so that's that, that doesn't really say much about the future, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, one other thing. We talked about him a bit. Uh, Javon Jackson for the Roadrunners, took 23 shots on the night, which just seems like a lot. And he made a lot of them, especially in the second half. But that's an insane, that's an insane number to me. Yeah, I mean, he took he took 23 shots. Wallace took 16. I mean, those two guys, the team took 68 shots. So that's, that's what, more than half? Am I right on that math? Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, 39 I shots. I trusted that you've gotten 68. better at math. Yeah, well, I haven't, but I think I'm right on this one, so. (laughs) Sad. 
Yeah. So, I mean, 25 points from Jackson is obviously good, but like he also missed 13 shots and you have other starters playing 20 plus minutes, taking one shot in the game, you know? So it's like, uh, is that a good way to play? I mean, I guess if you want to lose, but anyway, that's what <laughs> you know, they did lose on Friday. So obviously this guy's good enough to beat, Heck, he did it last year single-handedly, so I guess taking nothing for granted what happened on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, especially because if Josh was on the show, he'd still be believing that we would have lost one of these two games. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people were expecting a series split. This was in Ruston, so you'd hope that that's not the case. But the way this yeah. year has gone, there's been a lot more splits than not splits. But Tech had a pretty early lead in this game, but if Tech hadn't already blown two 15-point leads this season, I would say this game was never in doubt, but it it was, but still Tech wins handily, (laughs) 82-66. I love that delivery. It should have never been in doubt, but of course it was. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. Tech started the last game off pretty hot. UTSA started this one, it started the last one pretty cold, and this was kind of... (laughs) The extremes of both of that. Tech started even hotter. UTSA even colder. Bulldogs start the game on a 17-3 run. (laughs) Wow. Javon Jackson takes and misses five shots during that period. Just nothing doing for the Roadrunners. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty cold the whole half. Looks like he he shot two for nine and five points. And that's not what you want to see from your, you know, the one guy on your team you're counting on to win the game for you. Yeah, but still, in spite of him, the Roadrunners are able to cut the lead to five by halftime. The lead was cut, but Tech still felt pretty well established in the driver's seat. It didn't really feel like Tech was blowing it, more that it was a run of UTSA that got them up to that five-point lead or that five-point deficit. But Tech then opened the second half on a 9-2 run to go up by 12. Uh, UTSA cuts the lead to six, and then it goes back to 12, and then back to six. Uh, then Lofton heads back to the line a couple times and misses some free throws to let UTSA catch back up, which may not be fair to Lofton because that's not really his thing. Again, big guys don't usually shoot foul shots very often, but he was getting fouled a lot, which is both a good thing and a bad thing when it makes him go to the line. Yeah, and I, I guess to be fair to him too, he did shoot six for nine in the second half. So, I mean, that's not terrible for a guy who's yeah. whose role is, you know, inside you know, at the rim, not necessarily shooting from outside, even on a free throw. And the hard part of that was that 10 minutes, he missed a front end of a one and one, which those always just hurt. And then at nine 30 left and eight 30 left, he only went one for two on his two attempts. Just after the, the great free throw shooting we saw the previous night, it, it kind of <laughs> sucked to see some not so great free throw shooting in this one. But then of course, Lofton hits his next two free throws because I bring this up. And of course now then he acts, now that I say that, he actually hits his next two. <laughs> Crawford hits a, t- a three from the top of the key. Tech is now 11. Tech is now up 11. They're not like 11 years old. They've been around for what? 100 years. But the reason why I bring up that Crawford three is because this game was weird and where Tech kind of had their shot selection, especially from the three-point distance. So in the first game, Tech attempted 18 three-pointers. This game was 26, Oof. which wow. for Tech is a lot. I, I haven't gone back to see what their totals are so far this season and all the games, but that may be the most they've attempted. But they hit 14 of them. That's 54% from three. Mm, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take that. I'll I think I that. saw on Twitter that that's the most we've made in a game in a in a long while. 
I'll try to find that tweet while we're uh, while we're talking. Yeah, here, it's probably but... LaTeX Sports Reports. So yeah. we'll go ahead and give him credit, even if it's not him. But the <laughs> the reason why he would tweet. yeah the reason why that that percentage is so high is because Tech was taking them there. There, I feel like there are two very good sh- places to take three pointers from. One's the corner three because it's closer to the rim, and the other is the top of the key because even if you miss long, you hit the backboard and you bank it in, which didn't happen very often, but Tech constantly got an open look from the top of the key from directly in front of the basket and were just able to put it up and it, would, it kept going in. And so they kept taking that shot and they, they screamed to get the guy open. They did all kinds of motion things to get people open to take those shots. And sometimes it was just, a, oh, the the shot clock's at six. Let me put up a shot. And it kept working. Yeah, it, it was it was the uh, LaTeX Hoops account. They tweeted most threes in a single game since 2018, so not really that long ago. But um, <laughs> it's nice, felt like a long time. Yeah, nice to see. Nice to see that. And you know, I think a lot of it had to do with Amori Archibald just being hot this weekend, right? I mean, he he hit five three pointers in this game and led the team in uh, points with 22. So I mean, really really good stuff from AAA this weekend as a whole. Yeah, especially after last weekend. Yeah, especially the Saturday of last weekend, where really this whole season I've been wondering, like, where did he go? He was so good. What happened to him? Having a bit of a coming out weekend, he has. Yeah, Sunday last week, he he seemed like he was playing well. He had a very good night last Sunday. Saturday he didn't, but Sunday he turned it on, and we were kind of, at least I was wondering. I don't think I actually said this out loud because I kind of hated on him a little bit. You keep saying Sunday. I think you mean Friday and Saturday. Yeah, you're right. Keep thinking Saturday, Sunday, because those are like, you know, the weekend days. Yeah. But yeah, last anyway. Friday, he had a bad game. Saturday was a good game. And I was worried that Saturday was just kind of a fluke kind of night and not a getting back in the groove. But we have three data points now, and he's been good in the last three games. So that's been nice to see from him. Hall of Famer. Tech Hall of Fame, NBA Hall of Fame. All of it. Canadian Football League Hall of Fame. <laughs> hey, Kenneth Dixon, baby, go. Yeah, and while Kenneth Dixon goes a lot, Tech also went in the final five minutes. I'm sorry, that's a bad one. I need to it apologize was. ahead of time for that it one. It was very bad. But either way, in the final five minutes, Tech really piled it on and outscored UTSA fifth, or sorry, 13-5 to five in the final four minutes and 30 seconds. Both these games, either UTSA fell apart at the end or Tech just, what I think is part of it, is that Tech has blown these leads late in game so often that they they know they have to try not to do that. And so their effort level at the end of these games, even when they have good enough <laughs> leads, has been much better. Pretend we're down by 40. Because <laughs> when... Uh, sorry, I almost said Saturday, Sunday again. Friday night, when the first game happened and Javon Jackson went off, they started playing better defense when he was on the court. And when he was taking shots, that was a suddenly we need to defend this guy. We need to wake up kind of thing. And that only goes on so long because reasons. I don't actually have a very good answer to the because re- part of that. But Tech had struggled at times at defense. And when they play defense, when they actually have their heads in the game kind of thing, when they're really, really trying and ha- that effort level is 110% or whatever, the cliche saying, etc., then they're a very good defensive basketball team. And the last parts of both of these games they proved that to be true yeah and and i mean with a team like utsa it's hard to take a lot away from these games i think i mean we played really good defense against jackson it sounds like at the end of night one specifically like you're talking about nathan but 
gosh, looking at the box score from night two, UTSA as a team took 65 shots from the floor. Wallace and Jackson took 40 of those shots. <laughs> so two two guys on their team took 40 of 65 shots, and Jackson shot four for 17 from the field. So like at a certain point, you probably should have stopped having him take shots because it wasn't his night. But like they don't have anybody else that can do it, you know? So like in this game, it, it feels like Tech just said, you know what, your guy's cold, we're just going to win by a lot. And that's what we ended up doing, you know, but it's hard for me to like take a lot away from this other than like, okay, we were able to take away their their one guy, right? And and hold him to 14 points, but... But that's huge. We saw yeah. last year what that meant when we're not yeah, able yeah, to yeah. do that. Yeah, it's big, but like other teams in our conference aren't built like that though, I guess is my point. Like UTEP, who we're playing this week, is not built that way. So... It's just interesting because UTSA is so weird. Like, what kind of team has 40 of their shots taken by two players? You know? It's weird. My NBA 2K team. A bad team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my my NBA 2K8 where I just pull up with Chris Paul from half half quarter. <laughs> and he makes like 65% of them for some reason. But Or the, yes. the my player mode where I just want to give myself the best stat line possible. Your starting point guard draining threes. <laughs> exactly. 35 foot threes. <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to take anything away from the, the ability of the tech offense or tech defense to, to cover Javon Jackson and really make him struggle, even when he was hot the first night, especially, and kind of cool him off and, and kind of force him out of the game. Because to me, it's it's more about tournament readiness than anything, because Teams don't play this way where one player will take this many shots, but sometimes a team like Marshall will have a guy just suddenly get hot and they'll keep feeding him the ball. And the the ability of Tech to kind of squash that, especially in the first game to me, is huge moving forward. And again, it's a one data point kind of thing. We were able to do this once. So does that mean we can do it in the future? I don't know. But either way, Tech beat the team that they are better than, but they kind of avenged last season's I don't want to say humiliating because it's not like they're that much worse than we are, but kind of avenged <laughs> last year's at least normal everyday loss to the Roadrunners. Uh, but yeah, yeah it, I, it, on the topic of defense, before we like wrap this game up, uh, LaTeX Sports Report did tweet that Tech has held opponents to forty percent or worse from the field ten times this season, which is the most in NCAA um, against D one opponents. So I mean. Clearly, we're doing something right defensively. Um, so, I mean, it's not just that their guy got cold. I, I don't mean to come off as if I'm saying that. But, you know, with a team like UTSA, they're just such such a weirdly built team for college basketball where, like, okay, option one is cold and option two they're taking away. What do we do now? I don't know. Just have option one <laughs> keep trying, I guess. I don't know. Um, but clearly, it worked for us. Um and so, yeah, I mean, a, a great a great set of games here, and winning two games is hard in this conference, as we found out, you know, so far this year. Yeah, and then in that second game, we have Lofton getting a double-double with 12 points scored and 13 rebounds. Yeah, third third double-double of the season. Good shit. Yeah, and kind of took away. Gordon really kind of blew up that first night. It was Lofton that really had the big night the second night. And really, when we're doing these back-to-back games, to have the big guys go out in one play very well one night, the other play the other night super yeah. well, that's that's great to see because, especially for someone like Lofton, who's a freshman, probably not conditioned to the level that a lot of the other guys are out there, 
it's it's great to see where we don't need to rely on our true freshmen to win games. Yeah, I mean, Gordon had four fouls in this game. I'm not sure if he was in foul trouble early, but uh, kind of looks like maybe he was. So Xavier Armstead got 13 minutes in this game. So that's interesting to see. I guess that has, has to do with Ledoux and Bass being out as well. But he also scored seven points. So good for him. Yeah, all uh, four fouls of Gordon were in the second half, by the way. Okay. Hmm. And he was—he didn't have three until three minutes left. But either way, still, yeah, that he wasn't needed as much in this game. Lofton was playing well enough to kind of keep Gordon on the bench. Yeah, and that's great to have two options. Great to have two options. Yeah, but like you said, Tech plays a very different team this week, one that doesn't rely on one or two people, where both nights one of those two people took over 20 shots, which is still insane to me. But again, Tech this week takes on University of Texas El Paso, UTEP. In El Paso, the Miners are 6-6 six and six on the year, number 170 in Ken Palm. By the way, Tech is now 106. Tech is fourth in Conference USA right now, but still ahead of UTEP, so that's pretty good. But yeah, the Miners are 2-4 and four in conference play, splitting their series against Southern Miss and Rice, but getting swept by North Texas, who I believe is first in Conference USA, according to Ken Palm. The best win for UTEP so far this year came over number 73, Arizona State, and a... 76-63 victory where the Miners played pretty close to the Sun Devils, but pulled away in the final 10 minutes. They're the Sun Devils, right? That's a thing. Yeah. Was it Arizona State or was it Arizona? Arizona State. Oh, oh they lost to Arizona 69-61. Those um, are the Sun Devils. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this team's kind of weird because they've played okay against, like, Arizona's 29th ranked in uh, in Ken Palm, and they, they only lost by eight in that game, so... I don't know. It, it's interesting. And then, and then this last week, I mean, my God. So Charlotte scored 37 in a game um, this week. And then UTEP said, hold on a sec, and scored 33 against North Texas on Friday night. So that's that's bad. I don't know if you guys know. but uh, No, that's pretty bad. Scoring 33 points in a basketball game is pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say I'll give you one worse, but it's it's not worse. But when they the worst loss this year came in that split series against Southern Miss, they lost seventy four to sixty six in overtime. I need to find a uh, a win percentage chart that's not behind a paywall because it's <laughs> egregious. With one minute left, one minute left in regulation, UTEP is up by seven. UTEP is up by seven with one minute left, down to zero with zero seconds left, and then they lose in overtime. Well, that sucks. That's a that's that, almost impressive. That's one oh eight remaining. They're up sixty to fifty three on ESPN's uh, basketball power index. Ninety three percent chance to win. Well, well, not as bad as I thought. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the timestamp on this, but Ken Palm gives Southern Miss a two point one percent chance left with a minute left. Wow! And they t- and they took that personally. <laughs> exactly. And then I mean, Southern Miss went through overtime. So they were down 60 to 57 with a minute left, came back to tie it at 60 going into overtime, and then included in that getting up to 60, that was a 19 to 3 run that went through overtime by the Golden Eagles. And they're not a good team. Like I said earlier, they're number, what, 251 in Conference USA or in college basketball. It would be insane if they were number 251 in Conference USA. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I, I wish they were. I hate them. But they're not who we're playing this week. It's UTEP who lost to Southern Miss in that game. But again, split series. If Josh was on the show, he'd say that would be expected because we're playing two games back to back. Yeah, I mean, 
this this UTEP team is not very good defensively. It seems um, they they have allowed teams to shoot very well. They're 267th in three point defense and 256th in two point defense. But with that being said, I mean they let teams score, but they are okay at least at at rebounding and forcing turnovers. They're pretty average in both of those uh, stats. Yeah, and then on the offensive side of the ball, UTEP is pretty average from three. They're a little below average from two, and they're well above average for free throws. It kind of just evens out as an average team, I think, if you take that across. One more note, though, about this team. They are 16th in the nation at not turning the ball over on offense. That was something I didn't really get to mention about the Tech-UTSA two-game series over the weekend. In the first game on Friday, I have to keep doing this, I have to remember what day comes first. On the Friday night game, Tech had turned the ball over five more times than the Roadrunners. On the Saturday game, they turned the ball over four more times. Uh, There were a lot of kind of passes that shouldn't have ever been made, ever. And we know that UTEP won't make those kinds of mistakes that the Bulldogs made over the weekend. But even regardless of that, it still seems like the computers believe Tech will win this game. Isn't that right, Evan? Yeah, so Ken Palm says that Tech has a 60% chance to win and predicts a uh, pretty close game, 69-66. to And then Massey gives Tech a 58% chance to win, but also thinks we'll win by three, 70-67. So not quite as nice on that one. Yeah, so a close game in coming off a weekend against UTSA where Tech won both those games. Kind of hoped for a higher chance to win by both of those, but we'll have to see. They're on the road, so that's a pretty big issue, especially when it comes to late in Bulldog basketball. But three guys to watch while we're watching the games taking place in El Paso for the Miners. I picked three guys because Evan's allowed to pick multiple players of the game when we're talking (laughs) football stuff, so I'll pick three guys to watch for this, mostly because these three guys are almost always on the court. It's Bryson Williams... Solidly, boom, and Jamal Bienemy. 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 Don't hurt yourself. Jamal, see an enemy. But anyway, yeah, they Ken Palm has them all ranked in the top, looks like the top 200 ish in terms of minutes played. And that's three guys on their team. So that's pretty crazy. To think about it, so there are 40 minutes in a basketball game, right? 20 minute first half, 20 minute second half. They each play over 80% of those minutes. So 40 minutes times 80%. They each play 32 minutes per game at least. Uh, wow, that's so boom. Right there. That's some good Yeah. Math. You could hear me type it into the calculator and everything just to make, <laughs> make sure I got it right. And I realize now why I kind of messed up Boom's first name. It's that because I added an extra L to his first name. Yeah, it's solely, that. it's like, but solely. they also they also have a guy, Keontae Kennedy plays 77% of the minutes. So, I mean... They just don't sub, apparently. Yeah, really, they must not be a very deep team, which I think is not a recipe for winning a lot of games in conference. Like, you'll win one here and there, but, I mean, like we've, like we've seen with the Texters so far this season, like, if you aren't getting production from your bench, you're not going to win some games that you probably should. So... Soli Boom uh, only has not played five minutes per game. He's in 35 of the 40 minutes per game. Wow. Not that that's uh, that's an average. So some games he may, pl- may play more, some he may play less. But still, to be on the court that long, that often, every night is is insane. To kind of compare it to Tech, Archibald is the only one that plays over 70% of Tech's minutes. 
So tech seems to like to sub a lot more, and I feel like that's a good thing, especially when we get down to the conference tournament stuff, not to look ahead, but I always kind of look ahead. But not just because his name is the most fun to say. Be an enemy is probably who I'm most scared of. Nem and Nem and Finding Nemo Photoshop incoming. I He's love the... Pixar references. <laughs> well, a lot of Pixar movies are kind of targeted to minors, and he's the minor I'm most scared of. Oh. God damn it. Goodbye. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. That, tear, that tears it. <laughs> hate, hate me all you want, but Be an Enemy is 46% from two and 41% from three shooting on the year. Those are both very good numbers from those ranges. He'll also dish it out to the open man a lot. He's 116th in the country and getting assists. So he's wow. who I'm looking out for. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd go with Soli Boom just because he's their leading scorer. and But he also, you know, he also contributes in the assist game. He's averaging about three per game. And he can also steal the ball. They've got some some guys averaging above one steal per game. So Tech definitely needs to be on, uh, you know, on top of it in terms of ball control in this game for sure. In these games, I guess there are two of them. So anyway, it's it's always weird. It's weird playing the same team back to back. It just never gets normal. But the Bulldogs aren't the only ones that have to play take games back to back. The Texters have to as well. And it's often and now that we're in conference play, it is the same exact team back to back. So the Texters also played UTSA this week. And how did they do, Evan? Yeah, so the number nine ranked Lady Texters finished second in the Lady Texter Invitational Tournament this weekend. Um, Wait. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, sorry. I thought we were talking about I, I the bowling you, team. My, my bad. I, uh, the, I the set number, you up for the wrong thing. Yeah, the, the, the top ten ranked bowling team. You guys didn't want to talk about that first. Uh, anyway, on Saturday, the, the Texters bowling team beat the number seven uh, what does that stand for? Stephen F. Austin. There we go. Number three, Arkansas State. Number 23, Lincoln Memorial. And number five, Sam Houston State before dropping their match against number two, Vandy. And then in the championship bracket, they beat Vanderbilt, then faced Arkansas State in the finals. And they actually held a three to one lead and then dropped oh, no. three games in a row to lose four to three and play second in the Lady Texter Invitational Tournament, which I think was held in like some random town in Tennessee. So I'm not really sure why, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, the, the lady Texters bowling tournament is a, uh, top 10, uh, or the, the lady Texters bowling team is a top 10 ranked program. And they probably will go up after beating so many of the, uh, the teams above them, you know, in head to head matches this week. So anyway, I suppose you were setting me up for basketball. Um, the Texters also went 2-0. The, the basketball Texters went 2-0 on the weekend. They beat UTSA 69-51 to on Friday and 74-48 to on Saturday. So uh, not really close at the end of either of these. But on Friday, the game was actually pretty close. It was tied at 38 going into the fourth quarter. But then, so after scoring 38 through three quarters, the Texters scored 31 points in the final 10 minutes. And shot 73% on the field in that quarter to Oof. end up winning 69 to 51. Saturday's game was pretty close at halftime, 29 to 25. Uh, Tech had the lead, but then the Texters dominated from the floor in the second half, outscoring UTSA 45 to 23. Um, Nathan, did you see any uh, anything in these box scores you wanted to point out in terms of uh, performances or anything? Yeah, I think Keanu Walker is kind of the Texter to give the shout out to the most. Because 
in the two games combined, she scored 42 points. That's a lot coming from one player. But yeah. she's not the one that was awarded from the OSWA, the Louisiana, was it Sports Writers Association? They yeah. gave their player of the week for the state to Bree Harris, another texter who averaged 17 points and eight and a half rebounds in those two games against the Roadrunners. Yeah, and I mean, in, in these games, I mean, Bree Harris came off the bench in that first game, so that's a little bit misleading as far as the bench scoring 24 points off the bench in that game. In the second game, though, Analar Roberson went off for 14, and then a couple of other players got involved as well. That one was a bit more of a blowout, though, so uh, some some players further down the bench got more minutes. But um, nice to see the bench finally getting going a little bit, but really Keanu Walker and Bree Harris are your main two um, texters that are leading the way here. And hey, the texters, they're nine and three, I think right now, which is probably as good as we could hope for at this point in the season. So, um, you know, obviously I guess we didn't want to lose to, to Western last weekend, but, uh, but you know, all things considered nine and three, I'd, I'll take that right now. You know, let's keep winning. Likewise. Looking at the box scores, it's almost kind of weird. I think they're trying to get more production out of the bench and make it so it's not just the same five. Because in the first game, Analar Roberson had eight minutes, but she played as a starter, while the rest of the starters had at least 25. She only had eight. But she didn't start the second game and then played 25 minutes. So I, I don't know really what's what's going on there with trying to get different players involved. And, and Brianna Harris is the one that didn't start on Friday, but did start on Saturday. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, she, did, she didn't get the start on Friday, but played 31 minutes, which is the like the third most in the game. So I don't really know what's going on there. Um, and then only played 16 on, on Saturday. So, yeah, yeah. this is – I'm not going to even pretend to understand it. On Saturday, though. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Whatever they're doing is working, though. When you win two blowout games, it, you have to feel pretty optimistic moving forward when they play UTEP this week. But what are the computer polls – say about that yeah so tech is all the way up to number 169 in massey which is pretty good compared to where we were to start the season i think uh sub 200 but uh utep is 182 so these are pretty closely ranked teams um luckily it's at the tech though so tech is given a 64 percent chance to win both of these games with the score of 69 to 64 um so you know hopefully we can we can go ahead and win both of these as well yeah, this is a minor team that's six and five on the season, sweeping Southern Miss, splitting with North Texas, and getting swept by Rice. Yeah, so we'll have to yeah, see Rice, how this one goes. Rice, the clear favorite in the in the uh, in the conference. So I mean, I don't know. There's not much I can take away from their conference record so far. So we'll see how we match up against them. You know, kind of depends which team shows up, right? That's. It feels like that's always true about Tech athletics, no matter what. <laughs> Especially the Texters, it feels like. But. but yeah, so that's how the Bulldogs and Texters are supposed to go this week. Let's make our predictions for how we think this week will go following a, again, because I need this, please, a 4-0 weekend <laughs> for Louisiana Tech basketball. What do we think will happen this week? Uh, let's start with Evan. Hey, at least the Saints can't lose this weekend. Am I right? I think Tech... All right, let's see. I think UTEP is good but tech was really good this last weekend so i'm like can we sweep on the road in conference against an okay team i don't know i think the texters will uh will split so i'll go i'll go splitsies for the texters i'm gonna go Ooh, 
I'm going to go 2 and 0 for the dogs. So let's go 3 and 1 overall. The Texans will lose on Friday night specifically by 4 points. That's what I'm saying. All right, what do you think, Matt? 4 and 0, baby. <laughs> Usually I try to pick something different just to be different, but I could have said this first and it wouldn't have changed. I think the Bulldogs split on the road at UTEP. I think Tech is a much better team, but we've seen what happens when teams are are close, especially when you're playing the weaker school on the road when it comes to Conference USA as a whole. But I think the Texters sweep. I think they get both these wins over a UTEP program that's nowhere near as bad as UTSA has been so far this year. But I think that the Texters have a lot of forward momentum in their direction with those two huge wins, and that will carry them through this weekend. So I think also three and one, but the Texters get the two. Wow. All right. Which game are the Bulldogs going to lose? The Bulldogs are going to lose the Sunday game. The Sunday game. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Watch one of the games actually get pushed to Sunday for some reason. But either way, I just hope that we score enough points that we don't get one of these tweets made about us because this week's Tweet of the Week goes to at F5 underscore Kusarest, who's had the award a few times. They tweet out Charlotte, who this week scored 37 points against... I forget even which team it was. But they scored 37 points in a basketball game in conference play, saying, Charlotte saying, 37 points, we suck. No one can top this. UTEP saying, hold my pickaxe. Because, again, (laughs) UTSA had that 63-33 to loss. Also, we have two pickaxe-themed teams in our conference somehow. (laughs) Oh, also, we forgot to mention at the top. News at the top of the show, we're playing uh, Old Dominion and Charlotte next year as our cross-divisional rivals in football. So we finally will get to talk about Charlotte as if they exist. <laughs> so, it Yeah, and I city. can hopefully travel to a football game. Oh, yeah. Play Old Dominion. It's, it's at Old Dominion, right? And yes. home, home against Charlotte? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'd be pretty mad if I moved away from one hour from Charlotte and we finally got to play them. <laughs> but I guess <laughs> I that'll, mean, that'll be happen next year. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, if COVID's over, Nathan, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll all come over to your house to go to Old Dominion. We'll see how all my luck changes with the real estate market. But either way, that <laughs> or, about wraps your, it up for yeah, this episode. Or your rent house, whichever, you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where I... I if we read the post last week, and I probably won't this week. Hey. But eventually we'll have another post up. Yeah, you, you do you, man. We're all just getting by here. I'm having too much fun setting up a, a secret Twitter account for GTPDD that only a few people knew about because I attached my real-life phone number to it. But <laughs> So that's my pet project right now. But either way, the blog is gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Oh, oh, wait, come on. That's playing to the lowest denominator. That's that's what we do here at GT. I know.